Wait, we haven't said anything though. How are you gonna get a coal open? <laughs> I will find one, Jared. That's gonna be it, isn't it? <laughs> Jared, you don't know me. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the Survivor podcast that makes you bargain for your life with Jeff Probst. Twice in one episode. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, if Jeff came to you and made you bargain with anything that you have, what would you give him for food? <laughs> Depends on how hungry I am. I'd probably start with sexual favors. Go on. Um, <laughs> with Jeff? No, I'm, I'm kidding. Are you? Um... I think I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah. I'd probably, I mean, if you're that hungry, you know, you, you do what you gotta do. Hey, I, whatever. It, sex work is work, but also, I don't find Jeff Probst attractive. I don't either. No. He's like what a boardroom thinks Mike Rowe from Dirty Job should look like. Yeah. I, <laughs> sorry, not to pile on Jeff, but as he gets older, the more I'm like, yeah, no. He could have just aged gracefully. We've talked before how he is the we plastic have. man. Plastic man. <laughs> Sometimes his, work, sometimes his work is better, like his facial work looks sure. better than other times. Sure. Jared, how you doing? Oh, I'm so tired, Stephen. <laughs> As we've discussed, I don't know how to like things casually, so it, oh, I... Go on. Well, I mean, I've talked to you about it off mic yeah. ad nauseum, just like all the directing work. So it means I spend a couple hours a day just doing analysis and then my spare time just thinking about things. Sure. And just haven't slept well the last couple of nights unrelated to that. Unrelated to really anything. Just kind of woke up and I was like, damn, I'm still tired. Uh, yeah. How are you? I always wake up tired and I know that I have sleep apnea in some shape, way, or form. And I just don't do anything about it because in order to get diagnosed with sleep apnea, you have to do a sleep study. In order to get a sleep study, you have to pay lots of money. Well, I mean, once you get... Just, like, health insurance. Yes, but, okay, here's the thing, is you're always using your premiums and, like... That is true. Hitting your your yearly whatever you have to pay. It's, like, week two of the year, and I'm like, all right, paid off my deductible. Yeah, I am not. So, take that for what you will. I have, at the moment, and I've, I've been relatively healthy, so this makes sense for me to do this. I currently have like a marketplace catastrophic plan mm. where I have low monthly payments, but my deductible is through the roof. It's like $5,000. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It works for me, but I get, I don't get the opportunity to go do a sleep study because of it. So what you're saying is I should break your leg so you hit your deductible. No, because I still have to pay the deductible and I don't want to do that. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> What a great system we have. <laughs> what a great system we have. Healthcare's broken. Please fix it, someone. Anyone. Well, uh, you're, if you're in one of our international listeners, healthcare in America is broken. I, your, your mileage may vary <laughs> elsewhere in the world. Jared, I have a, a fix from last episode. Okay. I said on podcast, and I know this because I edited it yesterday, and it's coming out. Uh, if you're listening to this now, it, it comes out Thursday. But Which it, it came out 
several days ago. Several days ago, but it comes out tomorrow for us. I have an okay relationship with some of my exes. This Go I, on. I'm, I'm like going through my brain and I'm like, wait, no, that one ended badly. That one will never talk to me again. <laughs> uh, that's for the best. But I do have one that we're, we're buds and she actually listens to the podcast. So oh, okay. uh, if you're out there, hi, how, that... how, how's your, how's your lab going? Are you, you enjoying lab? She told me, we've talked about this. She tells me that uh, she listened to our podcast while she works in a lab. I was thinking Labrador Retriever. No. And I was like, I want to hear about her lab. What's <laughs> up, Grace? How you doing? I don't know. That's how you know you're an honest guy, because you could have edited that out yeah. before it came out and been you're like, right. ah, that wasn't right. But you left it in just to correct it later. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess I could still go back and do it. It doesn't come out till tomorrow. Too late. We'll see if people ever hear this. All right. <laughs> I had thoughts. We're going through our numbers, and I'm just looking at where people are listening because of course it's interesting for me people who are blocking their location are heavy favorites of course sure that makes sense na usa up there second behind chicago which makes sense because we both live in chicago yeah i am slightly disappointed at our lack of new york hmm we have friends in new york we do have friends in new york don't we we have nine listens from new york uh, not so, nine listeners, nine listens. Nine listens, correct. Nine downloads. So if you're in New York or you know someone... If they're in New York, they're not listening to this. That's fair. If you know someone who's in New York, which we do, get on them, jerks. <laughs> One of them just got engaged. Two of them just got engaged today. They got engaged to each other. Can we out them like that? That's fair. People don't know who we're talking about. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Emails. You can reach us at Oh my god, I almost said someone... I almost said the email of a different podcast that I listened to because it's so ingrained in my brain and I've listened to them for like eight years now. It was actually... Uh, it was Dan's podcast. You can so, send you can send emails there. Yeah, Why not? Don't send an email to the Unranked Podcast. It would be very confusing. But if you wish to send us an email, you can send it at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com or you can reach us at Twitter at SurvivorTBT or on Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. Emails. Our weekly emails from Josh and Carl, our best emailers. You're really good at it. I want to give props. There is one email coming in hot. Josh, Josh's email hitting us with the how... Jerry was perceived in the media. Holy cow. Uh, essentially, it's Jerry speaking out about being treated like a pawn by Survivor producing and Survivor editors as someone who is just a villain and nothing behind who she is. Which, yes, I 100% get. You sign a, a waiver so that these reality shows can edit you however they choose mm -hmm. and to whatever best fit the narrative, which we will again talk about later in this episode about a certain edit of the cast member going home today. Uh, but also, oh, did pop culture dig in. In Scary Movie 2, also from this email from Josh, Scary Movie 2 has a call out for Jerry in an exorcist spoof scene where 
the the priest is like calling out evil things and like praising God for getting that bitch Jerry voted off of Survivor. You're like, whoa! Yikes! Big yikes! That kind of sucks. I mean, there's no denying that Jerry had rubbed her tribe the wrong way Mm -hmm. over the course of weeks. Uh That is not the edit. That (laughs) is very clear from what we see. Sure. But there's nuance. Like, there, and actually, um, I watched the recap episode, and one of the scenes that they cut that is in the recap episode is there had been tension around Ogakor. This is after Mitchell's gone home. Mm. And Tina is like, tonight, after the sun goes down, we're all going to play a game. We're going to sit on the fire. We're going to say nice things about each other, basically. And so Keith and Jerry have to say nice things about each other. <laughs> and Keith is a massive tool about it. He's like, oh, really? he's like, we haven't gotten along. We don't like each other. I think that's really clear, blah, blah, blah. And goes on about how much he doesn't like her and then goes, but maybe in a different scenario, who knows? Like, that was the best thing he could say. Wow. And Jerry, to her credit, comes out and is like, you know, I know I've been controlling. I know that I have control issues. It's a big weakness of mine, and oh. I'm really sorry. And Tina, like, thanks her for saying that she's sorry, and there's, like, a kumbaya moment. And it's like, oh, okay. So, like, she had challenges she was overcoming, not to excuse her behavior at all, because, like I said, people clearly have had enough with her when she was on her season. Yeah. But it's not like she was oblivious to her problems. No. She knew what was going. She knew that she was struggling. We also have commented before how this is easily the most difficult season. I only have a sample size of two. But it can't get much worse than this, right? number one of two. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay, Africa could be worse. But, like, (laughs) I just... Yeah. I I think that the, the physical health, like, plays a huge role on all of them being shitty to each other. And Keith... Doesn't seem to get any of that flack. No, 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 so, no. Yeah. I think they looked for someone to villainize, and so they had to take a side, and they mm-hmm. chose they chose to villainize Jerry, so then they had to make Keith look a little better in comparison. So I'll just go through the whole recap episode now. Steven didn't watch it. I did, and I told him, you don't really need to watch it, but there's... I had five things that jumped out to me over the course of that hour-long episode, so... Go for it. First one is that everyone hated Kel. Everyone hated Kel. Holy crap, did everyone hate Kel. Yes. Um, and he spends a lot of time on the, I guess, like, Marilyn and Keith take him out canoeing after they've searched through his bag and tell him that they've searched through his bag. Oh, really? And he's very calm about it because he's a robot. But he's, like, he's trying to, like, he's still overly defending himself. And Keith even tries to jump in and help him. And he goes, no, no, I'm not done talking. Let me finish. And he's talking about how he's an army captain and it, like, really disgraces his honor and they've checked his bags, and I'm like, this guy sucks. I, I see why they didn't show more of him <laughs> on his own on his own episodes. Varner was so good. Like, I am so sad that he is gone, because there is a moment that we don't see, we see in the recap episode, where Scoopin is being all protective about being the, the gatherer, mm-hmm. the hunter-gatherer. So Jeff, or Varner tries to go out and fish, and Scoopin beats him to it, and he's like, and he gives this confessional where he's like, yeah, I mean, I could argue with him about it, but, like, it made him look like a jerk and made him the next next one on the chopping block instead of me. And then he basically came back to the camp, and people were trying to be like, no, you should go. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then Alicia fought the battle for him, and he's like, now there's this conflict that I'm in the center of, but I'm not actually in the center of it, and Scoopin's the target for the next vote. I am not the problem. Exactly. I was like, oh, my God. He's so good at this game, and it is a shame he went home. <laughs> 
Scoopman was even more of a psychopath than we thought. It, it tracks. There's footage of him like dissecting the fish and separating the organs and being like, I think this one's the pancreas and these ones are the kidneys. And yesterday I ate a fish eyeball. And everyone in his tribe is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Is he like having weird flashbacks to a biology class in high school? Dude, What's going I don't know. It was like something like a fetish awakened in him. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. And then, yeah, I mentioned the talk around the fire, saying something nice. And Varner also really hated Keith. He talked in, uh, they had some footage from when they did the camp crossovers where Varner talks about how much he despises Keith and how much, like, he really wants to make sure Keith is the first one to go home. <laughs> so, yeah, they definitely put their thumb on the scale to hide how much Keith is also despised on the other side of that conflict. Oh, and one other thing. Kentucky Joe talks about, well, his tribe talks about how much he is keeping their morale up, how much he, in Kucho early on, how much he's keeping their morale up. And I think it was Varner, because Varner's the only one who gets to talk on Kucha um, until he goes home. <laughs> talks about how he, like, they have to weigh, like, yeah, he's the weakest one out here, but he's also the one that's keeping us mentally healthy. So, like, do we, you have to kind of weigh that. And Kentucky Joe talks about, like, how he's laying on the Kentucky Joe shtick. Oh, really? Mm hmm Yeah. I love that. Yep. Kentucky Joe, actor of the year. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's fun. Back to emails. Yes. Because <laughs> we were halfway through those. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said something that kind of... That's fair. We just... Ran into it. Jared, we do this thing in this show that we host where we say a thing, we go on a rant for approximately five, ten minutes, and then come back to the thing we had at hand. There's no good place for me to put a, a recap of a recap episode that was actually two episodes before the one we're talking about. Correct. <laughs> where it's Carl. Carl's emails. We got, we got two for episode seven and eight. Carl's comments for the one where production makes Jeff wade chest deep in a lake during a ten-hour challenge. <laughs> uh... Uh, right off the bat, uh, how dare I try to spin football guilt on me? My bad. That's that's on me. I have lots of football guilt, so... Oops. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. What? So, uh, Carl has revealed their other team to me. Is it the Packers? It is the Packers. Of course it's the Packers. <laughs> so, Every Falcons fan is also a Packers fan. Wait, how does that work? I don't know, but like is every... The, is the Brett Favre connection? It could be. Okay. Uh, also, LMAO, the strip club story, reminds me of going to a college in a smallish town in Wisconsin. That'll do it. Where <laughs> there were three strip clubs, and they were all some variation of the word grandfather. Yikes. Oh, no. I did not go to these places. Okay. Well, again, no judgment if you did. I get it. There are uh, many questions if you did, but not like judgment questions. Like No. Did you learn why they named them after grandfathers? Mmm. Granddaddy. <laughs> I hate it already. Sorry. Let's get out of there. Actual episode notes. Jerry was so hated that she got hate for faking sympathy for Mike's accident. She could really do nothing right in America's eyes at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. In defense of Kucha, they had already saw Ogakor vote out their first or second strongest member, Kel, on the first vote. So it makes sense that they believe Colby might have a vote if... He was really as much of a jackass as he apparently pretended to be. That's fair. That's yeah. I'll give I'll give credit on that one. Roger, it's a dry creek bread. I don't know if it's always dry though. Foreshadowing. Yeah, he says that. That's funny. 
which we haven't got to yet, but next, um, episode, next episode we see it on the you know preview. <laughs> and Jared is echoing America because Elizabeth was hugely popular during Australia's airing, which I mean, yeah, that makes sense. She's positive and charismatic, and also like actively doing things and. Even her own tribe is, like, infatuated with her. Makes total sense. Yeah. She's a very uh, charismatic person. And now that the edit isn't burying her, it, it shows. Yeah. Uh, off to episode eight for Carl. Uh, mentioned a couple episodes that Scoopin should have asked if everyone was religious before starting the group pair. I agree with you, but I think he was someone who might have, who might have actually done that. Because we've seen several prayer scenes since it might be just the case that everyone there was religious. Which, again, is fair of, like, early 2000s Survivor to just assume that everyone is Christian and yeah. therefore will just, like, yeah, let's just, who needs to ask? Go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I find it refreshing that, but also weird that Jeff stresses jury management during that episode. He's correct, but at the same time, modern Jeff wouldn't do that. Or, like, put as much weight in a tribal on jury management and, like, actively call them out for it. Yeah, but he doesn't have to in modern seasons. Correct. These people still don't know how the game is played to a certain extent. Yeah, they really don't. They don't know what's going on with this show. Nobody managed the jury in season one. <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> Kelly anti-managed the jury. Yeah, and I think that's all I'm going to say because some are a little bit, uh, spoily. Anything else you want to say before we jump into the episode? Don't go back and watch the recap episode. It's not worth it. No. Skip, skip the recap episodes. They shouldn't exist, and they only do because of corporate TV. Yeah. Bumper. Alright, so this episode came out on April 5th of 2000. A few things that happened uh, in the week since the last episode. Two major things. The first one, uh, at 15 years old, American swimmer Michael Phelps breaks the 200 meter butterfly world record at the US World Championship Trials in Austin, Texas. Dang. Youngest man to set a world mark. Dang. 15 years old! Yeah, oh no, he is a physical freak of nature and did... One, to do it as young as you do in that sport is unheard of. Yeah. Two, to do it for as long as he did. Insane. Insane. One of the best, I mean, people don't care about swimming as much as other sports, but one of the best athletes of our time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another sports one, Seattle outfielder Ichiro Suzuki has two hits and becomes the first Japanese position player to play in a regular season MLB game. I fucking love Ichiro. Me too. Ichiro's great. I'm also surprised that, because baseball's so big in Japan, mm -hmm. I'm surprised it took until 2001 for a Japanese position player to be featured uh, or to you know, be on a team, really. Culturally, when, when does it become big in Japan, though? Because I, I guess I can't like say for certain that did baseball become huge in Japan and then Ichiro got on the Mariners, or... Did Ichiro become a huge success and then baseball became this huge thing in Japan? It's a good question. I feel like a lot of animes I watch that reference baseball being a popular sport mm -hmm. were also, like, some of them were made in the 90s, so I feel like it does predate Ichiro. Okay. I mean, I mean, 
it, that's just taking cultural context clues. I don't know about what time it started, though. Yeah, I think it it probably came over in the the cultural exchange post World War Two. Makes sense of when America forced Japan to have their ports open to them. Right. So, it, yeah. The top song at the time was "Butterfly" by Crazy Town. Which is a song you know, even if you think you don't. I played it for you earlier. It's the, uh, yeah, the one, it's, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. baby. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. Exactly. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. And the number one box office movie was still Spy Kids. Yes. By a lot, like twice as much as number two, which was Someone Like You, a rom-com I had never heard of that scores 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. This was the day and age when we were still all going to the box office to see bad rom-coms. <laughs> hey, you had uh, it was either that or watching something on VHS, so... There's so much good stuff on VHS. Yeah. You can watch anything. But I can't go on, like, a Rotten Tomatoes and see what other people are saying about a movie. You just have to take word of mouth or hope for the best. That's a good point. One other... Trivia about Spy Kids that I find really funny. Did you know that Junie, like the the male lead in Spy Kids, he is married to Megan Trainer. Who's Megan Trainer again? Famous singer. When you say main kid, you mean like the the young boy, the young lad. Correct. Okay. This is now a Spy Kids podcast. Yes, absolutely. All about the bass. All about oh, the bass. Oh, okay, okay, huh? I always wonder how, like, big celebrities, like, or not big celebrities, how smaller celebrities get connected to bigger celebrities like that. <laughs> like, how did you meet? Uh, that's a good question. How did you find each other? Yeah. L.A. is probably not a, like, it, it's more tight-knit than you probably will see, but I don't know. But, like, does, that, does the kid from Spy Kids do anything besides be married to Megan Trainer? Like, is he still acting? I don't think so. Daryl Sabara. Does he run a pizza store? No. But he still looks the same. Look at that. Look at that face. What the hell? Did he grow up at all? Nah. I love it. Huh. <laughs> so that's when that episode came out. <laughs> <laughs> we have lost control of this podcast. Correct. That's fine. So be it. Lost control to who? I don't know. I don't know. We are in episode 11. <laughs> right at the top. I wrote down this quote, but I, it was this morning, so I don't remember the context. Colby, it's checkout time. It has to be in regards to the auction. Yes. No. Oh, he says it about Jerry. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's um, what he says when he votes her out. Yeah, it's his conf- <laughs> it's his confessional while he votes. So funny. Yeah. It's ch- no one wanted. Well, Keith wanted her gone more than Colby, but yeah. Colby was a close second. Colby was really up there. <laughs> So this episode starts with your typical nature shots of Survivor, which I will, again, sometimes they're overused, mm-hmm. but sometimes they get it just right. And I kind of like their nature shots. I will never get sick of nature shots of the Australian Outback. It okay. is one of the most gorgeous places on the planet. <laughs> I will get sick of watching people starve to death in the Australian Outback. Sure. That's, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Amber's having a crisis of the, my tribe members don't trust me, but where where do I stand in the tribe? And Keith gives the smuggest, like, most condescending <laughs> confessional about it. Mm-hmm. Where he just is like, you just feel the smug oozing off of him that he now is, like, in the power position and he won 
the battle over Jerry and oh yeah Amber was really taking it real hard he, you know she kind of got in with, with the wrong lot I was like God, I just felt gross watching it yeah and this is again where old school survivor and new school survivor are to- so totally different where if this were new school Keith would be begging for her forgiveness Keith would be up in her grill and you wouldn't even make it to bed before Keith was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, we had to do it because she was a liability. Like, we still want to work with you, Mm -hmm. which is why we got rid of her, because we really want to work with you. But no, he's openly arrogant about the fact that, yeah, what are you going to do? Go work with the other team? And the answer is maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's maybe. Might be the smart choice here. Uh, They also have no food left. They have one serving of rice. This is an exaggeration, what I'm about to say. Okay. And I'm not saying it to be edgy, but the first image, like when I saw them just like lying on the sand, emaciated, I was like, this is what people that have like left concentration camps look like three months before they're released. Mm. Like these people look like they are being literally starved. Yeah. Everyone is in such bad shape and they don't have any food left. We'll get to why because we have to talk about it when Jeff will come later. Yeah. But this is just a weird episode with how food works. They just look like, yeah, they're, they're corpses. They're running around chasing grasshoppers <laughs> for bait. Yeah, so I want to talk about that before we jump okay. into food. There is a dramatic Keith walking scene that he he's walking, he's holding his net. And they're doing like weird slow motion, which suddenly turns to yakety sacks as he's chasing grasshoppers yep. around the, around the Australian outback. And apparently, he's the best at it. He is, does seem really good at it, yeah. which is weird. He he's catching the grasshoppers. He's stunning them and putting them in his shirt pocket, which is so funny to me. It's so funny. It's so stupid. There's no better way to put it. Like you have an empty container. For your rice that you definitely don't have any rice in. Mm-hmm. You could use that. You could. Nah, instead he puts him in his pocket, hits him a little bit to try to keep him still. Which just feels like it's such a Keith thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that is such a Keith thing, but it feels right. <laughs> it does, you know? Doesn't it? Yeah. And even more Keith, when he's giving an interview about it, he opens up the flap to show what he's doing, and one hops out. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Uh, and Colby is not very good at it. Colby is not the most coordinated man, it would appear. No. <laughs> and on the other side, they're still trying to catch... They're using that as bait. They're using yes. the grasshoppers to try to catch fish. But they're really struggling because the fish aren't biting and a turtle is desperately wrecking their food. Bo- eating all their hooks. Eating all their hooks. Well, this is grasshopper. They're not making the grasshoppers into small enough sections. I am not a professional fisherman. Okay. But I do, I do know the size of the fish they've been catching because I have eyes. Sure. I know the size of the fish's mouths that they have been catching. And they are not making the bits of grasshopper small enough for a fish to bite them. They do seem a little too big. I don't know that it would cause as much of a problem as like, oh, you're not going to catch anything with that. But still you should be aiming your bait at the size of your catch, yeah. right? Yeah. Also, like, eat the grasshoppers. Yeah. They're good protein. And, and I get it. Like, I don't want to eat bugs either, but... You're starving. Y'all are literally dying out there. Yeah. 
I one of the shots of Nick, his like stomach is like like he's just laying down. He's not sucking in, but it looks like his stomach is like pulled under his rib cage. Like it is, man. Ah, this is it's rough. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna talk about it at the end, but like they did not prepare these people. They did not give them enough supplies. I don't care what Jeff says. They did not give them enough supplies. <laughs> so we get in to the first survivor auction auction i'm so excited it's i love auctions hilarious i only i remember them from when i was a kid and i am so sad that modern seasons don't do it anymore but i love auctions they're really funny because it's just an opportunity for jeff to mess with them yeah it's great so everyone is handed 500 australian dollars great i cool. love it in 20 dollar increments so you have to bid for items that jeff puts on the counter in a modern season of Survivor, you would not know how many items there are. So it would just end without warning, and you if you had money left, tough. Did he tell us how many he was going to have at the they top? They did not. Okay. They didn't say. However, I think they made it clear to the contestants how many were left. Mm, okay. Because there wasn't... People weren't hoarding their people. Yeah, money. people yeah. weren't hoarding their money. People weren't, like, making big moves. Anyway... We get in. We start off the bids with four Doritos, four chips, four Doritos, and salsa. These, most of these portions were way too small. Yes, correct. Like, why? Why but, Why make it four chips instead of, like, you could just make it a small plate of chips. Mm -hmm. Four chips is so insulting. Yes. I think this is a weird one because they didn't know how to do it yet. Yeah. One, I think there were too many dishes for how many contestants were left mm -hmm. and two the portions were very small they were all ridiculously small yeah do you have any favorites of your dishes to buy i mean the one with the river water was pretty good that okay yes the one surprise one where they it was a mystery box and you didn't know what you were getting amber bought yeah yeah amber bought and i think that was one of the few things that amber did get to buy Yes, which was quite unfortunate. Yep, she bought the mystery plate for $200. I'm glad that Kentucky Joe got the cheeseburger. Yeah. Elizabeth was a delight, just like throwing up. Like, it didn't matter how much people were bidding. She was going to buy that chocolate and peanut butter. Uh -huh. Holy shit, was she going to buy that chocolate and peanut butter? It was beautiful. And Colby, being the ever smart player again, held out and then spent all his money on a protein bar. Yeah. Honestly, makes sense. $280 on the protein bar and iced coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just run through the list of things real mm -hmm. quick. Four Doritos and salsa. I put a question mark oh. on there. Why salsa with Doritos? That's who eats their Doritos with salsa. Also, looking at the the ones that we spent time on and also just the ones that they did little jump cuts for, mm -hmm. Nick bought all the worst items. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Which honestly is a fair strategy. To come in and like sweep up the low bid items and no, be like, true. I'll take what I can get, but I can get a lot there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Four Doritos and salsa, peanut butter and chocolate, which was a big one, $260. Mountain Dew, which again, I'll be like, that's not good for you to have. No. Which is, we'll get to the after effects uh -huh. of this challenge. Three crackers, a slice of pizza. They didn't announce, but it was there. I saw them. Uh, $180 for a slice of pizza. Slo flown in from a helicopter? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. But Keith did get it. <laughs> Oreos, beer, and... Not just Oreos, the smallest Oreos you've ever seen. Yeah, they're real weird. I don't know why. Were they like mini they're Oreos? They're mini Oreos. That's gross. 
beer and uh, Funyuns, I think is what they were. Yeah. Six French fries with ranch. What the hell? Six French fries? Why six French fries? That's not enough French fries. No. I mean, you'll take anything when you're starving, but like, it's it's just, it's so insulting that they counted them out. It's not just like, ah, oh, yeah, here's a handful of French fries. Like, six, anyway. <laughs> I think Amber did win this one, she too, because she made an orgasm noise when she got the French fries. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, protein bar, iced coffee, mashed potatoes, turkey bread, which was a good one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was... That was Tina and Elizabeth. Yes, which I think they also put a kibosh on for future splitting. splitting yeah. Because you do get those scenarios where someone can be outbid, like saved up all their money for this thing, and suddenly you're outbid by two people who pile their money together. That sucks. I don't like that. The mystery plate, which is just a glass of river water, and the cheeseburger was the last one. Ah, yeah. Cheeseburger went for 320 bucks. It went for however much money Roger needed to spend. Correct. Because he hadn't bought anything. Yeah. Uh... I love the Survivor auction, but it's it's a weird feeling that they, they don't know what they're doing yet with it. Yeah. They can have so much more fun with the contestants. I'm excited for when they do, because yeah. I was like, oh, yes, it's already here. Thank God. Yep. Uh, and then everyone gets back to camp. It is already sick. Like, yep. Your body is in shock from lack of food, and then suddenly you throw garbage into your body. It's not going to be happy. Who there was two people who didn't. It was like Amber and I think Colby. Yeah, the only two that weren't like running off to have like explosive diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, Roger said it was the best poop he's ever taken. Though, I, so I bet after a cheeseburger, it forced everything out of his body. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right through him. Uh, I did have one one note when he's pooping in the river. My leaf has a hole in it. <laughs> My leaf had a hole in it. Yeah, like yeah. he used a wipe. He was basically saying, I got poop on my hands. Jokes aside. Yeah. Which, why would he put jokes aside? But we it don't does do seem like it, it raised everyone's morale. Yeah. Like, it was something desperately needed, like the mud volcano. Sure. From last season. For whatever small amount of time it raised their morale, it was there for it to suddenly come crashing back down. Even with the diarrhea, everyone seemed like they were in good spirits. They were like, oh, thank God I had enough food in me to poop. And, but... I, I think it was Elizabeth who says, uh, we were starving to eating this food, and now we're starving again. Yeah. Like, your body is just so confused. I wish, if it were me, I'd be like, can I, like, hold on to this and eat little bits of it? Throughout the day? Throughout the day. Yeah. I, of course, you wouldn't think to do that, because you're so hungry. You, that I don't know if you'd have the self-control to do that. No. I wouldn't. I'd be scarfing it all down. I have okay self-control. That must be nice. I know, right? <laughs> and then we we get back to weather and how weather is affecting this game. And the shoreline is closing in on them. Yeah, they put a stick to measure what the, where it was at like high tide. And yeah. they're going to have to move their camp. This is unbelievable. One being that, one, the weather is just so unforgiving and mm-hmm. so brutal at every turn. They're just not catching any breaks. But two, production put them there. Yeah. They were told to go to this camp. However close that they were to the river is on them. True. But, but yeah, this no. seems like an area that is susceptible to flooding. Flooding. Uh, yeah, no, This the way that production has managed 
just the environment this mm-hmm. season is really bad. It's really bad. And it is it is affecting the game. We've had to talk about it multiple times. We've had the next episode, it looks like we're going to deal with a full-on flood. <laughs> a few episodes ago, we were dealing with fire. Like, wildfires that were burning out of control. Yeah. So, like, it's 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 a legitimate problem. And I, I don't know a lot about Australian, like, climate patterns and all of that. But I feel like there could have been a better season to put this... If you want to do the Outback, like put it in a different season of weather and mm-hmm. maybe you're fine. Like it, from what we've seen in the last month or so, it seems like this is a transitionary period in like this na- natural cycle of Australia, which would mean it's the worst time to be trying to survive in the Outback. <laughs> I, I think you're just a, such a catch 22 with where they are, because yeah. if you're in the, the rainy season, they're getting flooded and they're getting hit. But you're right, it is transitionary, so like maybe if it was just full on in the rainy season, they would be able to predict it a little better and just be like, yeah, it's going to rain, like get your stuff up to higher ground. Uh, but if it was the dry season, it might also be so unforgiving that... And you couldn't do the dry season, it'd be way too hot. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to do something like the like the wet season, like midst of the wet season when the rivers are at their, at their fullest and then you, know, you can set your camp up with the river being at its fullest already i guess but sure. man this it's it is it's brutal it's honestly this episode was hard to watch like i felt so bad for these people <laughs> i watched it on a train going to my job so <laughs> well it is what it is and then we get to the weird piling on for nick here ah <sighs> yeah so I just want to mention it because I want to cycle back to it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, it, Tina and Elizabeth are getting frustrated with Nick for not pulling his weight. Mm-hmm. I just want to make that clear that that is what I am saying now when I cycle back to it in about 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, and I wrote down, I was like, oh, good, we're doing the lazy Nick edit again. Yep. But there is a, I do trust Elizabeth a little bit. Not that that's, I don't, I don't trust, like, who knows what, what she said that the editors cut down, but mm-hmm. like, if Elizabeth, like, Elizabeth is a very forgiving, optimistic, and seems to like give everyone the benefit of the doubt type of person. So if she's complaining that he's not working, then I give it a little bit of credit. And also, you know, she says it could be a strategy decision, save his strength for the challenges. And I can see why she would be mad at that. Cause she's like, it's probably him or me. And mm-hmm. I'm doing all this work, and yeah. he's not. And so if he win, he could win the challenge because of that, and then I'm screwed. Yeah. I want to say it's more out of frustration than anything. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So like I said, coming back to it. Maybe if they weren't starving, they wouldn't be <laughs> so angry with each other all the time. In about 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Jump to the immunity challenge. What in the fucking <laughs> Rube Goldberg machine is this challenge? I love it. So this is the fire-making challenge of the season. But... Is a twist, as we have on Survivor. They put it on a giant seesaw, so you have to build your fire on one side in what looks like almost an oil drum, but a smaller oil drum. And then on the other side, there is a bucket, and the bucket has a hole in it. And you have to pour water in the bucket until it tips the seesaw to raise your fire and light a fuse. There's a lot of moving pieces to this challenge. Yep. What are your thoughts? 
It is a cool challenge. Okay. The biggest thing that jumped out at me was like, wow, if you don't set your fire up and then you get that bucket up there, you're just screwed because you just sit there and wait for the bucket to come back down because yeah. they have a step stool for you to reach the bucket when it's at its highest, yep. but not to reach the fire when it's at its highest. Correct. So if the fire is up there and not burning high enough, you just have to wait for it to come back down. <laughs> the game, it, it's an interesting game because it yeah. incentivizes you to build your fire quickly and then start getting buckets. But if you build your fire quickly and you don't set it up for success, then suddenly you're screwed in no man's land and you can't come back. And you get the... I mean, this is this challenges the tortoise and the hare. Mm -hmm. Colby takes the longest to build his fire, mm -hmm. and it's burning high enough that he's the one who wins. Yeah. <laughs> so it there are some great things in this challenge. Just a lot of funny things to mm -hmm. me. Like you said, Colby took longest to build the fire, but nailed the bucket part. Nick did what I had talked about earlier, where he kind of just threw together a fire and didn't make anything sustainable. Yeah. So... He started filling his buckets, and then suddenly the, the fire is not capable of lighting a fuse. So what are you going to do? Go build a fire again. Keith was smart in the beginning. He took off his shirt and used it to collect more sticks all at once. Yeah. Um, People were using pockets. People were getting creative with how they bring in their debris. Jeff also yelled at Keith. Yes. So, so as they're filling their buckets, Keith grabs his like top of the teeter to check and see the balance which in my brain like yeah okay I, I might think about doing if there wasn't an express rule to not do that and then he kind of like pushes it to see how much water he needs and immediately when he does that jeff is like you do not touch that bucket like i'm just testing balance don't test the balance yeah no he was just like don't care don't do it i was like okay Jeez, Jeff, okay. That's about as mad as I've seen Jeff so far in Survivor. I speculate a lot in season one about how things were falling apart behind the scenes mm -hmm. of season one, and it seems like from what we've read after the season, that is the case. Correct. I also think things are starting to fall apart behind the scene <laughs> on this season. I, like, it, it, you have to remember, like, they're not in a hotel. Like, the crew's not in a hotel. Like, it is actually difficult for them to get stuff out here. Mm -hmm. And the crew is probably playing their own off-camera game of Survivor <laughs> to, a, to a certain extent. Sure. And I... This is you're, you, this is the angriest we've seen Jeff. And also, I think this is probably the most stressed out we've seen Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> this and the conversation after this challenge, I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> like, this is real. Yeah. So it, it does go on longer than it probably could have. This could have been easily won quickly. But as Jeff notices, everyone's pretty one beat, too lethargic with just how their body is handling this. You're putting people with very little energy in these stressful physical challenges. And of course they're not doing well in it. Yeah, they're gassed. They're absolutely gassed. So we get back to camp, and everyone's just... Here comes the food exhaustion again. Yep. Everyone's beat. Elizabeth is physically destroyed, is feeling... She like can't get out of bed. She can't get out of bed. And I wrote down an exclamation point. She's saying exactly what Nick was saying the day before. That's true. And again, they're trying to make the lazy Nick edit, and I it know. frustrates me. Yeah. But... If that is the case, and she actually believes that he's being lazy and 
like blowing it here. Pot kettle situation here. Yeah, I, I, yes, yep. And I think that might just be a case of the editing too. Yeah. It could also be, you know, she, she still tries to like get up over the hill. Yeah. We don't, we don't know if Nick does or not. We don't get to see it. I would suspect he probably also does try. I like give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think either season, Nick is the worst edited person of either season so far. Okay. I, yeah, I have uh, notes about the edit in our post game. Because he, like, sure, there are some people in the early season of one that you might be able to argue were edited worse, but they're not around for that long. Yeah. So I get it. We're in the final six, and we still, I don't know anything about Nick, except that he's a good interior, exterior designer, whatever you want to call it, and that his tribe has called him lazy, and that he's sick. That's literally all that I know about Nick after 11 episodes. Final that, seven. Final seven. Okay, sorry. That is, that's inexcusable. Yeah. There's very little that we've talked about Nick and his backstory and his personal life. And they just, Survivor doesn't care. Nope. And Amber too, to a lesser extent. But like, Amber was, it seemed like Amber was kind of a secondary person to Jerry. Like, Jerry took up all of that spotlight. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Nick's just invisible. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating as a watcher because we want to know about these people before yeah. they're sent home. Like we don't want to be like, yeah, they were a no name, just get rid of them. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for the episode. So they lose more hooks. Another hook gone to the turtle <laughs> before Jeff steps in, and everyone sent. If you've watched Survivor before, when Jeff shows up at camp, it's impending doom. Yeah. There are very few good times when Jeff shows up to interrupt your day. And so Jeff, he he hauls in his box of rice. He sets it down in the sand pretty aggressively, might I add. He's such a dick through all of this. Yeah. For he's like a he's like a disappointed dad mm-hmm. that is like he's like the disappointed stepdad that's talking down to you even though he doesn't know what's going on and doesn't yeah. know you at all which anyone who's listening is like that's very specific i never had a stepdad so that is <laughs> that's not that's, that's i just like specific analogies yeah so he comes in he starts talking he asks questions about the rice essentially because they're out of rice at this point what happened why why are you out of rice everyone's kind of explaining this happened like we might have over rationed we lost both teams lost some to condensation which it it sucks but with how much rain we've seen that makes sense to me and they're not it doesn't seem like the rice is like they're in the metal tins and i guess when he brings it they're in plastic bags in the metal tins yeah but yeah no I, i i don't know if that's how they were originally packaged or if they were just in the metal tins i don't know how you lose it to condensation but it doesn't seem like it's easy to secure them all the way, make them waterproof. Yeah. So, Jeff comes in saying, we gave you enough rice. Bullshit. <laughs> I just don't believe him. Like, there's no... With, with how much we've seen... So, over the course of the season, Cooch mm-hmm. has gotten two chickens sure. and a pig. Uh-huh. Ogakor had flour. And no one's eating well. No. Like, even early in the season, Ogakor was struggling with food. So I just don't believe that they gave them enough supplies <laughs> for a 44-day season. Yeah. I, yeah. I think this is about Jeff setting a tone for future Survivor. 
less about hey you guys screwed up even though he makes it very clear that hey you guys screwed up from production standpoint he has to be like all right we're giving you this nothing more sure that's fine i just i can't believe with how many fish they've caught yep and how much wildlife they've hunted mm-hmm. i just i just don't believe jeff I just don't believe that, like, this seems like the production screwed up, and they're trying to blame it on the cast. Yeah. And they left the cast to suffer for days. Yeah. This is day, each episode's three days. This is the last third of the episode that we get the rice. This is right before Tribal. Mm -hmm. They did not have food at the start of this episode. They, they starved for two and a half days. Kind of. They have the reward challenge. Okay, true. But some of them didn't eat hard. Like, Nick ate six Doritos. <laughs> like, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it it, it blows my mind. Yeah. I want to I wanna maybe take the middle ground and say, I think it was poorly rationed just because uh, they didn't know how to do it. And maybe it wasn't coached to them very well of mm. how to ration. But also, yeah, I think it was, there was failure on production side to adequately set them up for success i wonder if they rationed it or if they supplied it like the same amount of rice as season one but rich was catching so much food yeah they, they aren't getting nearly as much from the wild especially from the ogre side and the fishing is bad like they, yeah. they've had a, they've had a good amount of fish but the fish are smaller than ocean fish mm-hmm. they are not as abundant so, like, they definitely have less fish than season one or a Fiji season. And it gives them more hooks, too, so they can, they can keep fishing. But, yeah. yeah, I just felt, like, Jeff's Jeff's tone and all of that was really gross. I don't mind the approach. I don't mind the negotiating. That's mm-hmm. fine. But I just, I was like, wow, this is, like, you're here. You say you're here because you're concerned. But, like, <laughs> you're actually just kind of being a dick. So, yes, yeah, so he gets in and starts negotiating for what am I going to get in exchange for this rice that I am about to give you. I expected Colby to give him immunity. Oh, really? That's My first thought was, okay, they have immunity to give, or Colby has immunity to give. Sure. But it didn't get offered or asked for. Yeah, and to which it's kind of a negotiation, but the negotiation doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, they don't have anything to give. No, and... Jeff is like, no, no, no. I forget what the first offer is. It's Nick, uh, blankets. blankets. Nick offers blankets. Oh, yeah. Tina says something along the same lines. And Jeff is like, no, 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 no. I want, I need something big. I need shelter. And they're like, you want the whole shelter? Like, you're going to pack it up? You're going to take it with you? And he's like, no, no, no. I want your tarps and I want that flag. Which Colby's like, that's my personal item. Yeah, that's really <laughs> weird to like. Uh, but Colby, the whole reason he brought it was to be a tarp. Like, Correct. Eh. Good on Survivor, and they're in the position to be asking for this. So, yeah. like, whatever. Do it. I just, I can't imagine nowadays Survivor coming in and being like, give me your personal item. And you get, right? to, and you get to eat. <laughs> Insane. Absolutely crazy. So, yeah, they, they, they do that. They trade. They have to take it down immediately. And give it to Jeff, and Jeff walks away. And then they suddenly realize, okay, now we gotta go rebuild the shelter. Right now, while right we're now. still starving. Because it might rain tonight, and of course it does. Of course it does. A little bit. They they throw together a shelter. I would like to mention how 
productive Nick was in helping build this he shelter. Sure was. Isn't that weird? Weird. <laughs> and then Tina says, there's worse things in life than being wet. Hey. I just wrote that down because I thought it was funny. It's true, though. I mean, if I'm going to take, you know, being exposed to the elements or starving, I guess I would take exposed to the elements. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. That is not So, this is like only a few hours before tribal. So, I'm going to take all your tarps, mm-hmm. build a whole new shelter, and also walk the two to three hours to, to tribal. Oh, and by the way, one of you will not be back to enjoy this. So, yeah. take that for what it's worth. Insane. I'm going to speed up because we're, we're definitely taking too much time here. Colby's nervous about Amber. And about the vote. And he should be. He absolutely should be. Any other season, this is an easy flip. But here we are. Do you think she flips next week? I know the answer. And I'm okay, not going to okay, you. Fair. That's fair. I, I, I don't think she does, but I hope I'm wrong. Well, do, do that math for me. If she flips, it doesn't matter. No, 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 Roger, Elizabeth, and her don't have any votes. Keith has a fuck ton of votes. Oh, that's a good point. Again. So it would be it would be three three. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's fair. You got it. That's good math. And then we we get to tribal. Notes from tribal. Nick's definitely surprised at the toll it's taken on his body. Every I think everyone is feeling the same. That of course, no one was expecting this to be as brutal on them as it was. And it doesn't seem it, like modern seasons are not nearly this brutal. No. Like forty one and forty two, and what I've seen of forty three. You know, they're still pushing the whole, ah, drop the four, keep the one, keep the two, you know, whatever. We're, we're kind of doing a soft restart. We're making it hard, like the old seasons. And I'm like, now that we're going back and watching the old seasons, I'm like, oh. It wasn't this hard. Oh, it wasn't. It was, it was so, so much harder back then. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Jeff asked the very pointed question of, is everyone pulling their own weight back at camp? Again, driving that narrative home. Yep. Someone isn't pulling their weight. Yep. To which every single person has a chance to speak up and be like, no, 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 this person isn't really doing it. And no one does. In, I, I, it was, it was really inappropriate for Jeff to do that. In defense of that, they all know whoever they vote on is going to be on the jury. Mm-hmm. They gain nothing from being like, yeah, this person's not pulling their weight. Fair. So even if they weren't pulling their weight, they're not going to say anything. Correct. Which brings up my next point. Jeff tells them, look at the jury. Look at them. They have the power now, or they will be gaining in power as we go here, so. <laughs> this isn't even their final form. Look at them. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> and then the voting. Uh, it was so obvious. Nick's the only vote that we see before votes are read. It's so clear that Nick's going home. Yeah. Well, actually, we did see Tina's. Oh, you're right. But yeah, it's very clear and very obvious that Nick's, Nick's the easy vote. Flat out arrogance from Keith to not take his backpack, though. That was when Nick is holding up his vote. He's right. That's, He's right. That's bold. I really want Keith to go home. I When eventually Keith does go home or win, I hope he doesn't come back. Mm. I just, I really dislike this guy. That's fair. Well, he now has, I was, I was confused as to the voting because Nick is the only one to vote for Keith. It's two on Amber, one on Keith, and four on Nick. He knows he's going home, and he, he flips his vote as a pure middle finger. It, it's true. Maybe he's doing some 4D chess to put a vote on Keith and put a, give him weakness going forward. That'd be good. I'd like that. Yeah, and that's the end of that episode. Do you... Okay, before we get into post-game, thoughts on the episode. Uh, 
your this episode uh, this episode was interesting tv but just so hard to watch like we were just ex this most everything you and i talked about this episode outside of the auction was just exploring the depths of human suffering <laughs> this is brutalist theater yeah yeah it is it's brutalist theater and not in a and like it it doesn't have to be like even though it's it could be this hard and jeff could and the show could show or like could talk about it and edit in such a way as to show like compassion and perseverance mm -hmm. but they just show it as like punishment yeah hey we could show them all banding together to make this better sacrificing of themselves to uh to restart their game and really have food to get through no 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 nope. we're punishing you give me your tarps oh, okay <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry daddy jeff <laughs> yeah who's your protagonist Wow, I hadn't even thought about it for this episode. There's a lot to take in on this episode. No, I, I'm going to... Jeff is the protagonist of this episode. Ooh. I don't think they give a contestant... None of the contestants get to do anything. They are at the mercy of production, and that's really all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. This is about as heavy-handed as Jeff is in any episode, which is how much screen time Jeff gets. Yep. And how much control over challenge over their life in camp over the immunity over the reward over tribal council it feels like this whole episode was edited beside it was edited in two ways for two reasons okay the lazy nick edit yep because he's going home and because they production hates nick for some reason and spending the whole episode showing the depths of human suffering so they can justify giving them more rice <laughs> Uh, yeah. Absolute insanity. Yep. And uh, as far as how I think... Does Nick come back? No. Nick does not come back. I didn't think so. Which sucks. And he was robbed. I I have no idea how Nick would do on a future season. Okay. Because like I said, I think he has gotten the worst edit of any of the guys since we have seen. Um, he's clearly bright. People like him. He is jovial and charismatic most of the time. It seems like he spent most of the season being ill. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I have, I, I can't even really rate. It's like scooping. It's like you kind of didn't get to play the game. So, eh, eh, yeah. In in his post game, he's super disappointed in his edit, and of yeah. course I would be too. Like it absolutely makes sense. He intentionally kept a low profile, is what he says. Like, mm. it, and I think Survivor didn't like that. That he wasn't willing mm. to to be the big blow-ups, to be the person to make drama, or to like be the center of attention. Because it game-wise, it doesn't make sense for him to do that. No. He is a smart... He's an intelligent person who's like, yeah, I'm seeing these people blow up and then they go home. Or <laughs> they become a target. So yeah. if I just don't, I will get further in this game. And he does. He makes it very far in this game. He says... It, he's disappointed that they tried to make him look lazy when in reality he's doing work around camp he's doing these things he just doesn't like to fish <laughs> so because he refused to partake in the fish economy they were like nope you get the lazy black man at it yeah jesus like i don't know how that makes any sense like do they think that there's nothing else to do around camp other than just fish like that's the one thing that you are 
makes you worthy of being on Survivor is being able to fish. No, I mean, fi- they Survivor talks all the time about how fire is the most important thing. Yeah. Ugh. It doesn't make any sense. But he goes on to be super successful in life. He is a lawyer. He finished law school. He went to Iraq as a JAG lawyer for the army. Oh, as uh, a what lawyer? JAG. What does that mean? It is... Uh, Essentially, it's military lawyers. Oh, okay. Or they're prosecuting... I think crimes? I think there's two sides. Yeah. Court-martial stuff like that? Court-martial stuff, exactly. Okay. There, there's a famous TV show called JAG where they do just that. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember what network that was on, but it's it's older TV. But goes on to be a, a like huge government... Like He's still working in government, and he worked for the DOJ for a little bit. Wow. He is the assistant attorney general in somewhere in Washington. DC? No, Washington State. State. Okay. Yep. That's still uh, that's a huge deal. I shouldn't say attorney. He is an assistant higher up of something. Sure. In government. I think it's attorney general in Washington, but I'm not sure. And when asked if he would play again, he absolutely wants to play. Like he would love mm. to play again. And he says he would win. Maybe. I would play and I would win. You know, that's the kind of perseverance you need. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna amend my previous statement a little bit. Okay. I, I still don't know how Nick would do. But talking about how he played a lower profile game, and obviously he's an unreliable narrator as well. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, he can only say what he perceived of what others perceived of him. Correct. But... He was actually strategizing then. Yeah. He was making a conscious effort to stay under the radar, and that could have him do quite well in a future season. Mm-hmm. I doubt they ever ask him back at this point. It's been 20 years. Yeah. But if in a theoretical second, second chance season or whatever, he he could do really well with that knowledge. Yeah. He, he does talk about how he doesn't really watch Survivor anymore. He'll watch, mm. he'll watch clips. He'll watch parts of an episode, but he says he doesn't hasn't really watched a full episode since he's been on Survivor. So that could be detrimental to him playing again. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he was a little ahead of his time if what he said about the threat management was true. Sure. Anything else? No, I'm just kind of disappointed. I I wanted Nick to get more limelight than he did. And it's a shame. Do better, Survivor. Do better. I'm very excited to see... Well, okay. I have the potential to be excited <laughs> for the next yeah. episode. Because the exciting thing would be if Amber switches sides and gets them to, you know... It was kind of a tactical blunder by Roger and Elizabeth to vote for Amber. Um, and not vote for, like, Keith or Tina. But... Yeah, on. that really doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They just wanted to go after the... They saw them go for Jerry and were like, maybe one of them will go after... And it doesn't make any sense. You know, hopefully Amber flips. Keith would still have more votes as long as Keith doesn't win immunity. Uh Boom. If not, I think Amber's probably going home next episode. That's kind of the boring one. Either Amber or Elizabeth goes home next episode is kind of the the boring, you know, outcome. You think Amber's going to go next episode? Amber or Elizabeth. I feel like Amber's the pivot where... They don't need her. There's only Elizabeth and Roger left on Kucha. That's fair. So if the three... If Amber doesn't flip... I mean, you're right. They probably go after like Elizabeth or Roger first, uh-huh. and then turn on Amber. But yeah, <laughs> bumper. So that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trading Back Time podcast. 
coming. The end. Yeah, I hate to leave it on such a dour note because I, I the season has been on the up uh, on the upswing for me since the merge. Mm-hmm. But man, this episode just sucked. Yeah, it's it's a real bummer. But like challenges, there's so many things that are going in the right direction. Correct. Editing, season wise, we're at a weird point, but. This is still the most watched season of Survivor, so you have to hope that there is a Crazy. rebound there. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Anything you would like to promote? Yeah. I'd like to promote getting enough sleep. Oh, go on. Just, maybe I've talked about this before, but like, don't, you know, get sleep. It's good for your brain. Hmm. Uh, it's the way, it clen- like, juices come up and cleanse your brain while you're sleeping. Um, and I've not been <laughs> getting enough sleep, so it's pertinent to my brain. Sure. <laughs> I am going to promote, to take care of yourself. Do, do little things to like be nice to yourself. You want to, I don't know, order that food that you are thinking about getting. Yeah, it sounds nice. Do it. Overthrow Treat- the proletariat. <laughs> I did not say that. That is not what I'm talking about, but sure. Wait, overthrow the proletariat? Isn't the proletariat the working class? I said what I said. Okay. <laughs> I'm confused. But yeah. I, I, did, I did mix that up. That is correct. Sure. Take care of yourself. Get sleep. Splurge every once in a while. It's okay. You're going to be okay. But you don't have to trade your tarps for rice. Yeah. I've been doing this thing that I like to do when like, I'm watching TV. On commercial breaks, I'll do a small little exercise in the meantime, so I don't have to watch commercials. Like, yeah, I'll do 10 push-ups, do uh, a couple sit-ups, do some squats. That's fun. Steven getting swole. I'm, that will not get me swole, but it will keep me from gaining weight when I am doing far less exercise than I have been doing in previous years, so there you go. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Ooh, yes. Mm, yes, quite. Bye bye. Goodbye. Nigel Thornbury. <laughs> what a wild show that was. Yeah.